Hello and welcome to all our listeners. Thank you for tuning in to the Capel Podcast, where you can get insights from Capel on navigating the recent trends in our business world. I'm your host, Mark Lee, and today we have with us Swan Tan, one of our very own learning consultants here in Capel, to share with us on the topic, emotional intelligence in this digital age. Swan, thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Great. So, Swan, perhaps you could set the stage for us. All of us recognize that we're living in a digital age. Technology and digitalization are intertwined in our everyday lives. Of all the crucial elements at play because of that, what makes emotional intelligence something we should really pay attention to? Mm, yes, Mark. So, we have to be acutely aware of the times we're living in. You may know the terms like digital age, fourth industrial revolution, but do we really understand the implications? We're in an era where we celebrate automation, AI, machine learning, rise of new and disruptive technologies in our businesses and workplaces. It is very exciting for us all. Yeah. But yet, we all fear, you know, about losing our value at work. Like, does my work really matter? Am I replaceable? Do I have the right skill sets? Now, these are some of the prevalent questions for many, many people right now. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. You've really extracted the essence of what's lying on many people's hearts when they're trying to balance their concerns of how to bring technology into the job while still remaining relevant. And perhaps we could articulate what's on people's hearts and minds this way. How will I, as a human being, differentiate myself from the technology at work? I think that's really one of the first questions we want to have a go at. Yeah, this is a very important question because I can't do the work faster or cheaper, you know, when compared to a chatbot or an AI doing analysis. Mm. I think it comes down to our humanness. And uh, by that, I don't mean our empathy, mm. but our awareness and clarity of our feelings, our values, you know, and ability to work with humans. So, for example, if you're dealing with a chatbot, you get frustrated, you don't want to talk to the chatbot anymore, and then you face the customer service personnel. Mm-hmm. Now, by the time you face the customer service personnel, you're probably livid, yep, you're yep. disappointed, and you're wondering whether this human can mm. solve the problem. Does this human understand you, get your sarcasm and all that? Will the person get you, right? So if I'm the worker, if I'm the customer service personnel, will I and can I do a better job in handling mm. this customer? So my emotional intelligence will come to play, like my awareness, my self-regulation, and of course, my social skills. Yeah. Thanks very much for that insight, Swan. I, I think our attention also then turns to a second element of this question of differentiating ourselves, which is how will the humans at work in our professional spaces differentiate ourselves from other humans in this day and age? Another term that Daniel Pink used in this book, uh, A Whole New Mind, Why Right-Brainers Will Rule the Future, for this digital age is conceptual age. So he's saying that we are living in an era of high concept and high touch. Creativity is the focus of the day. How can we provide services or products that reflect the high concept and high touch unless we have emotional intelligence which encompasses empathy, resilience and even vulnerability? I also think I should point out that the global high rate of change are highly dynamic workplaces with the focus on UX, like user experience, demands much more from us, the humans. The rapid change in job scenarios, job scopes and teams, etc. require high self-awareness, self-management, resilience and good social skills to make teams work. 
I think you definitely touched on very key points. There's one which is a lot of people have this question that maybe they're afraid to articulate. You know, will I be replaced by technology? I think what you're reminding us is that there's really a unique value that a human being brings to these scenarios, and how to really capitalize on that, or really how even the technology seeks to capitalize on that humanness. So it's really something that we can't lose sight of, even with all the technology. Around this, absolutely. So, what are some steps then that people can take? You know, bosses, organizations can take to be proactive in drawing out this people element for for their own people and their stakeholders, especially given that there's a lot of rapid change and and digitalization that's going on. I think the first step is not to shy away from emotional intelligence. Many people mistakenly think that AI, you know, emotional intelligence is about being soft. And nice.、Mm. If Steve Jobs and Elon Musk can do without it, you know, so can we. All right. And another myth that people have is that people with high EQ don't get angry and are pushovers. It means they are not assertive. Now this is so wrong. Emotionally intelligent people have clarity of what they feel because their emotions lead them to know what matters, and so they make better decisions. So embrace emotional intelligence because that inspires trust and create great places to work. Uh, where creativity is much needed right now. If you remember Elon Musk, you know he has his outburst, and if you can recall, it not only rattles the investors, it also casts doubt on him as a leader.、Mm, that's right. So unless you work in total isolation, emotional intelligence is a must.、Mm. I think that's really helpful, Swan, to recognize what high emotional intelligence or emotional quotient, right, EQ is and it isn't. I think a lot of times, maybe because of prevailing culture, we think, oh, you know. We don't want to be too aggressive,、mm. or we we don't want to be too soft. So I think addressing how that balance is very important, and and the impact it has on your workspaces is so key. So I think many of our listeners would connect with that insight and say, yes, you know, I want to be able to achieve that balance. I want to be able to achieve that high level of emotional quotient. Well, do you have any pointers on how they might start? Growing that emotional intelligence and emotion. I think one thing we can do at our workplaces is to hone our team interaction skills, to be an effective team member or lead an effective team. Another thing we can do is to manage change for ourselves and others, and have conversations about them.、Mm-hmm. You know, such conversations surprisingly can be liberating and empowering. While it requires us to be a bit vulnerable and honest with the emotions that we're going through. Also, in this age. We have to be more relevant to our customers and stakeholders, to empathize with them, and see things from their angle rather than from our own work processes and policies. I have to say that you know、um, many unempathetic business processes and practices have come about in the name of efficiency. So how can we be more empathetic and less concerned with efficiency? I also want to address what AI is because I've said what AI is not. I've said it's not soft. It's not you know being nice. I want to say that AI actually is an ability, and we can all hone that ability. Are we able to identify, assess, and manage the emotions of self, others, and the environment, which is the work environment, or the team environment, or the customer environment? So, in brief, if you want to hone your emotional intelligence, then you have to hone these competencies: awareness, assessment of emotions, and management of these emotions. That's great. I think you've given us some really practical handles there to become first aware, and then to assess, and then to manage. So you know, it sometimes can be like, oh, you know, just take care of yourself emotionally. We often hear, right, be well. 
but actually you've given us when you, you dig down to the details of a more logical process first you become aware mm-hmm. then you assess mm-hmm. and then you manage so i think that's really helpful and you know it's interesting so because as you were talking about business processes it, it really is in the business world i think a case where you have many people who are so proficient mm-hmm. and are really experts at managing tasks or managing process but i think what you're reminding us about here is that we've also got to become experts in managing people first and foremost ourselves yeah, you're absolutely right to manage people uh, requires us to to know people and to know ourselves as well and it starts with really emotional literacy Yes. Every emotion is information uh, to a person of high EQ. And we use those emotions. We don't just put them aside and label this is a negative emotion. I don't want to deal with it. No, this is a positive emotion. I want more positive emotions. And we keep going on that then we have fake emotions at work. People feel obliged to be happy, to be good, and not honest in their responses. And they keep doing that then how can creativity come about? Because creativity requires quite a lot of vulnerability. also honest feedback you know of of validating the ideas and so on so emotional literacy is critical i think that's the first beginning step if you want to manage yourself manage other people when the emotions reveal something to you like what you value then you are able to have a better conversation about it really being human means that we know the intrapersonal and interpersonal conflicts that arise and that can only happen when we are emotionally literate we know the values underlying all those strong emotions that we see at work and observe at work so you say where to begin managing people so emotional literacy is one and also being aware of yourself is one yeah. and how to prevent triggers from hijacking your response is one yeah so that's really important i think we need to be courageous you know we talk about eq and managing people to be courageous to have conversation with a trusted someone to pen down certain emotions we may feel at the workplace so that we can navigate through these very uncertain times. That's right. I just want to walk through an example with you. You know, how can I do it when I'm managing people? So, let me share with you I was working with a client on a training program on a topic that I am familiar with. Then I received an email from the client. It was a very long one sure. with many recommendations. So, I was very tempted to skim through it, ignore it. So I just closed the email, mm. and then I recognized I was irritated. Okay. Uh, irritation tells you that probably has a bit of disgust, and when this disgust comes, the information that some value is violated. Mm. So I asked myself what value was violated, and I realized that you know I'm a person who values autonomy. So being sent a long email with recommendations almost felt like I was being micromanaged. Mm. But yeah, at the same time, I felt obliged to respond because my other value was responsibility. So how do I navigate through these two values? And of course, others management means what is my client feeling and needing? Probably assurance, right? Yeah. So how do I get a win-win? Addressing my own emotions of needing autonomy, but being responsible and yet giving her assurance. So this is really about EQ, but you know yourself, you know your client, uh, you know the person you're working with and think through what can we do uh, to get to our mutual outcome rather than being reactive. and efficient. Yeah, I, I really like that example so on because I think many of us can identify with that. But the way we respond perhaps isn't as nuanced and maybe as healthy as what you demonstrated for us because I think you also shared that what you were experiencing was something that you had to pay attention to. It wasn't just everything on the client side, right? Sometimes we have maybe a, a false or overly committed sense of service and just okay, I'm just going to serve the client and 
reply when you haven't really taken the time to settle yourself first or identify that kind of emotional tension that maybe would have bled over into your response unknowingly yeah, and then maybe right. it escalates from there so just taking the time to settle yourself get that mm. clarity resolve the inner tensions before you respond i think is a really healthy way forward mm. so i think maybe we're starting to narrow down into some of the the key principles here and one of those that i've i've caught from your sharing is the ability to be curious to be mm. very curious about what's going on inside your own emotional space and try and put yourself in the shoes of the other person that curiosity for them as well any thoughts on that so curiosity is the beginning beginning step you know to be curious not to be judgmental not to be so task focused but to be curious about the emotions of others the thoughts of others the values of others another thing we need to do is um, you know to develop good habits because we all have bad habits mm. of cutting people off when people object to our ideas so if we could develop good habits when we are triggered or we have certain strong emotions is to have ready scripts like saying uh, tell me more Oh, oh, okay. Thank you for that perspective. Rather than yes, but you know, why do you think that way? You know. Right. So that is actually uh, not helpful to really understand and navigate through these uncertain times, but to allow for further conversations through more highly emotional, intelligent responses would be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. It's really about an awareness of both self and the person or persons you are engaging. I think that's what you're really helping us catch Swan and. Of course, being able to surface that and and constructively engage with what's really on people's hearts and minds, especially with all the you know technological buzz around us, is just so important. As we are drawing to a close of our time here, Swan, I'd just like to ask if you have any closing thoughts or perhaps a particular takeaway that you think our listeners would really benefit from on this topic of emotional intelligence. My closing thought would be this. To be curious about what does it mean to be truly human in this age, mm-hmm. where your left brain efficiency can be taken over by robots, AI, and so on, what does it mean for you to be really human towards another human, and to create uh, services and products that actually humans would delight in, not just to be uh, working for them, but they would delight in. So these are my questions for for us all to consider. Excellent food for thought. Thank you so much for that, Swan. You're very welcome. And thank you to all our listeners, really, who we hope have been very curiously engaged and have had their own curiosity peaked from this podcast on boosting your emotional intelligence in this digital age. We hope that your curiosity remains engaged because we will be back with an upcoming episode on making impact through your digital presentations. For now, though, we thank you again for your time. And we look forward to having you on the next Capel podcast. Goodbye.